0: You're listening to a rock candy podcast.
1: This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Bradford Long. We are here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network. For more shows like this one, Go to rockcandyrecordings.com. All right. As always, I have to thank my patrons. For this week, I have to thank, and hold on, I was not not a good Boy Scout and adequately prepared for this. Just a second. Let me find my list. So for this week, I have to thank Nat Ward, F.V., Elizabeth Washburn, Nixie Lionheart, Diane Kochneff, and Patricia Moreno. Thank you so much. I truly could not do this show without you. You are funding my debilitating content creation addiction. And this show really is a one-man show. I do all of the editing, all of the interviewing, all of the booking, all of the recording. Uh, But I believe in the work I do. But in order to do it, I need your help. And every little bit helps. For just $1 a month, you get extra content every single week. All right. Shalise Blythe, welcome back.
0: Thank you for having me back.
1: So my mouth is very numb. I don't know if the audience could tell through that introduction. I'm eating a popsicle. And popsicles are just unbelievably awkward on Zoom because there's no way to eat a popsicle on Zoom without it looking like I'm sucking a dick. So I I am sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh, don't be sorry. Uh, I'm actually very sorry for your listeners that they don't get to uh, watch the show that I get to. So... (laughs) Not even your patrons get
1: it. Not even even my patrons get to see this. Only you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, thank you. You are the gift that keeps on giving. I'm so
1: glad. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I should start an OnlyFans. Okay, so here we are. We had a conversation a few weeks ago when the news broke that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. And now here we are. And it has been overturned. And how did it hit you when, when it finally happened?
0: I think, uh, so interestingly enough, um, I had the impending doom feeling had made me want to kind of get out of town uh, for a night. And so uh, without realizing, because we we thought we were going to hear the news on a Thursday. Um, we thought uh, they were going to be, and, and, and it's funny enough, we were getting media requests for, uh, I guess, uh, live first reactions to the announcement of the row ruling on a Thursday. And I kind of anticipated that I would have needed the next day to get out of town and just disconnect for a while. So I had, uh, made arrangements to do, a, a, an overnight somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, So Thursday came and went, and it wasn't announced. And so when it was announced on Friday, the nice thing was is I feel like we were already prepared considering the leak, and so we had the ability to acclimate. But um, I think the acclimation really wasn't, um, the, 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 the actual reality, the finality of it, that's, um, it, it really hit that day. So I'm glad I had the opportunity to go away and be away from uh, my phone and from the doom scrolling um, and from everything like that for that night, because it was uh, very overwhelming. And, um, you know, due to trigger laws, I mean, even just the next day, that that Saturday, um, we were already seeing those things go into effect and it already impacting people uh, trying to obtain reproductive health care. So um, it was it was immediate. Um, the 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 things that we were talking about as this is going th- these are the things that are going to happen um, within a matter of 24 hours. They were already a reality. It's, so it's insane. It's horrible. Yeah, it really is horrifying. And, um, you know, I have a lot, you know, I I work in the medical field, so I kind of keep tabs on other health professionals that I know that actually work in this, uh, you know, work in the field, you know, OBGYN, abortion providers, those kinds of things, Uh, emergency doctors, emergency nurses, um, and the, the stories that I've been hearing, um, not only just kind of around the internet, but also from, you know, some of my friends have been, you know, the worst nightmare made a, made come true because this isn't just, uh, this isn't just impacting people that, you know, want to terminate a pregnancy. This is impacting, um, people who have a very much wanted pregnancy, but because biology is how it is, whether it's an ectopic pregnancy, or there's a severe fetal abnormality, or whatever the case may be, these people are now put in situations where they have to be, um, so for example, for ectopic pregnancies, uh, what we're seeing is people for, have
1: to. for people who don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is could you oh. explain what that because there're going to be a lot of people in the audience who don't even know what the fuck this is
0: Oh, sure. So an ectopic pregnancy is when a egg is fertilized by a sperm, and usually the process happens um, in and around the fallopian tube. And the normal process is that that fertilized egg makes its way into the uterus and attaches itself to the uterus. And then, and then you know, then it, it starts forming, you know, growing, um, you know, the, the placenta um, is, you know, placenta forms and then, you know, pregnancy mm-hmm. goes from there. But with an ectopic pregnancy, the fertilized egg decides to stay put in the fallopian tube. And um, that pregnancy is not viable, meaning once it, once it implants into the fallopian tube, there is absolutely no way that pregnancy could ever be viable. That, that egg is um, not going to be able to um, turn into a viable pregnancy. And so as the, as the egg grows within the fallopian tube, uh, eventually what will happen is it will rupture And it will cause internal hemorrhaging and hemorrhaging is bleeding. And if you do not, so if you do not remove that ectopic pregnancy before then, you're then put in a situation where um, and what people are in the situation now in various states is that ectopic pregnancy has to rupture. And the patient has to start losing lots and lots of blood due to internal hemorrhaging. And they have to be on the cusp of of death, essentially, uh, prior to any medical intervention being able to be had for
1: a for just to be clear mm -hmm. for a pregnancy that was never viable.
0: It was never viable and the, yeah, at some, the
1: beginning, in the from yeah. the beginning, it was never viable. So this is just putting people through unneeded torture through mm-hmm. through medieval levels of torture, just for yeah. being human, just for the way the human body works.
0: Yeah, and um, and you know there's there are these uh, these idiotic uh, uh, lawmakers who have it in their head for some reason that ectopic pregnancies can be reimplanted. Um, it's actually I can't remember which state it is, but one state has in their law that the the doctors have to um, they have to try to reimplant into the uterus the fertilized egg. As opposed to doing what you would do in any ectopic pregnancy situation, which is the best possible care you could give a patient is to Ohio. You know, have perform to perform the abortion. Um, and uh, yeah, th- this this myth of reimplantation of an egg—I don't know where it started, but it's just not medically possible. It is not something that has ever existed. It is not something that you know very likely will ever exist. You know that that egg that there is just no way that egg is ever going to become a viable pregnancy. But because of these lawmakers that have it, uh, you know, because of their beliefs that you know life begins at conception, meaning you know, life begins or not in yeah, it life begins at an egg being fertilized, um, they view any disruption of that egg, whether that be through abortion or um what happens in a lot of cases that people don't talk about a lot or enough is that. You know, you could have a fertilized egg and it simply just doesn't implant. It, it doesn't, you know, it, it makes its way into the uterus, but it doesn't implant. And so you would just expel it through a normal period. This happens all the time for anybody, for anybody with the uterus who, uh, you know, is engaging in sexual activity with, you know, uh, anybody who produces sperm. Um, you know, you could, you know, on the regular, you know, even if you're, even if you're on birth control, anything like that, you know, there, there is a possibility of there being a fertilized egg and it simply just doesn't attach and it just it, it just goes out with your pure, your your normal menstrual cycle and you know you you wouldn't know you wouldn't know but you know it it's the what these laws are going to do is that it's not only punishing people who are already in a medical crisis it's not only punishing people who are in a a situation where you know maybe maybe it's a very much wanted pregnancy and then biology does what biology does and they're left to suffer you know more um after being told that you know their pregnancy is not viable for whatever reason um it i i mean i don't know i don't know how far they're planning on taking it um, you know especially if you know they They consider a fertilized egg a life and the the person unable or unwilling to carry that pregnancy to term in any way, shape or form, um, whether knowingly or unknowingly, um, in the case of a, you know, normal menstrual cycle, um, you know, they want to make them criminals. Um, There's talk of there being, uh, the state's deciding to um, charge pregnant people, uh, with uh, felonies, if they if they decide to terminate their pregnancy, there's talk of um, not allowing them to go across state lines without verifying they're not pregnant. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk of all these things. That now that they've now that they've got now that the states are able to determine how they want to treat this topic, there there's nothing on the federal side that is saying that they can't do it. There's nothing stopping them. So um, this is just the start of of, you know, misinformed religious zealots, you know, creating laws um, that um, it's not going to stop them from obtaining abortions, you know, it's not going to stop them, it's not going to stop the people they're having sexual relations with, it's not going to stop the people in their lives who are in need of that, because they're always going to be able, they're always going to have the ability to go somewhere where it is legal. Um, you know these these laws need not apply to them. it is it is merely a way to punish other people um, of whom they feel need to adhere to their their values that they don't take all that seriously anyway. So yeah it's um, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, and then you have and then you have other states that don't make exceptions for rape or incest. Um, a very I, I, I believe it was in Ohio there was a 10 year old girl who was a victim of, of incestuous rape. And she was not able to obtain an abortion. The state denied it. So she, a 10-year-old girl, um, not only has to live with the fact that she may be going to school and getting shot up, but you know, now she's she's got to carry that uh, carry that to term. And uh, I'm assuming based off of how um, all states work, generally speaking, uh, with the services and the support systems that they they fail to implement, uh, given that they um, have these archaic laws put into place, Um, there's going to be no support for the, the baby that's born. There's not going to be no support for the baby that's carrying the baby. There's going to be no, um, you know, adoption's probably not going to be a viable option. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, yeah, it, it's, um, it's an absolute nightmare. It's, it's an absolute nightmare we're living in, uh, right now. And, um, you know, obviously with, with Roe, we're, we're not, we're, we're not, only talking about abortion, we are talking about the right to privacy, the right to medical privacy and, and, you know, and, and privacy in general. So, um, I know some Supreme Court justices have, um, indicated that there's other, uh, fundamental laws or rulings that, um, they want to revisit that speak on the topic of, um, of, uh, you know, same-sex marriage, um, you know, things like that. So it's contraception.
1: Um, as well. contraception yeah. Yep.
0: Contraception. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, I mean they you know they're just they're just not going to stop i don't think um you know uh it's it's just going to be downhill from there and the states are the 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 states that we know being you know what they are there's some that are that are you know going through the motions of making sure that these rights are are made um more strong in their state constitution um i know i know um things are being put on the ballot here in arizona there's um Uh, There's a petition to get the right to abortion put in the state constitution to be voted on in November, Um, and I know certain states like California, they've got something that they're going to be putting on the ballot and uh, the, you know, in in places like New York City or New York, um, they've already got it written into the state constitution so um, you know, you're going to have these these states that are affirmative or are, are affirming people's right to their reproductive health, and those are going to be places that are not going to comply with the other states who are going to try and make a make a um, a criminal case of somebody going into that state to seek reproductive health care. But I mean, the problem is, is that you know they're they're going to be they are going to be safe havens for their for the citizens of that state, but just because that's the case for them, it doesn't mean that they can necessarily be a safe haven for others because travel is expensive. Um, You know, resources are limited. There, there are so many, there are so many ways in which um, the states the restrictive states can make it absolutely impossible for those in the most dire need to make sure that, you know, they are not able to get, to get that care. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's all, it's It's all layers of fucked up.
1: It is, it is. And, you know, big picture I long term, and it feels almost obscene to talk about this because the immediate suffering is so real. Um and long term mm-hmm. I can see this creating further patterns in our body in our body politic of that can just rip the country apart, immigration patterns over decades. Mm -hmm. For example, um, that that just within the within the United States, between states that can just, you know, over time, over the course of years and years and years, that could just like tear the body politic apart. And so, no, there's a lot to worry about. And lest we forget, the Supreme Court did a bunch of other fuckery as well. Um, They uh removed a lot of protections for the environment uh mm-hmm. mandated that taxpayers should pay for christian schools i believe a lot of terrifying shit so now the and i as you were talking i was looking up i was i was googling all of the instances like the 10 year old girl mm-hmm. um snopes has an article up about that and just how like swiftly this went into action. The impact was quote, uh, quote yeah. the impact was swift. According to several news outlets, for example, Ohio's new abortion ban forced a 10 year old girl who had gotten pregnant by rape to travel to her neighboring state of Indiana where abortion remains legal. And then also new, you were talking about ectopic pregnancies. Uh, mm-hmm. New. Oh, so this is from a Cleveland clinic. This is, this is from a, a clinic in Ohio. New Ohio bill falsely suggests that reimplantation of ectopic pregnancy is possible. Yeah, I mean, and, and that was in 2000. So these laws have been kind of waiting in the wing for this yep. to happen. <laughs> and so now the question becomes well, what the fuck do we do? Now, there's a lot of talk online and on social media about ways to help people get access to reproductive health care now in these specific states. What are what are your thoughts on a lot of what's been going around on the internet lately about how to respond and help? And, and I know that that's a broad question, but...
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so generally speaking, um, I think the reactions overall have been, what can we do now? And a lot of the reactions have been well-intentioned but not all of them have been very well thought out and the reason I say that is because there are certain things that there are certain things one can do to help those who are in need that could actually be of you know could actually help them and not put them in more danger, um, especially considering we're still seeing all these trigger laws come into effect and more laws are going to um, happen where just because it's not a law in your state doesn't mean it's not going to be a law that the person who's trying to get um, help isn't going to be subjected to, you know, whether or not they're successful in getting the health care um, once they go back to their life in a state where there's you know more horrendous laws, um, there are things that they'll be subjected to because that is just how um, fervent the state is in punishing people that they deem immoral for daring to not live by their, their morals and, and stuff like that by you know spreading their legs, so to speak, um, whether that was forcibly or not. So, for example, I've seen a lot of commentary online um, about... Let's go camping. I, I've, I've seen, I've seen that. Yeah,
1: that—that's the you know? one that I've seen too. Yeah. A lot of the let's um, go camping, and they're cute. I, I, I like the meme because there's there's sort of this ironic hilarity to it. However, yeah,
0: but the problem is, however, is that now you've just you've just announced to the world, and you've put it all over social media, and you've probably attached it to your IP address and your own personal information that um, you are somebody who could potentially be harboring uh, somebody for those purposes. And you're indicating to the world that anybody seen with you is potentially somebody who's trying to get that care that is considered illegal um, in certain states. And so you are now a hazard to anybody seeking care or seeking help from you. So it's, um, it's a problem when, one, well-intentioned people don't first try to look and see who's already doing the work that is protected and has been around for a long time. They know what they're doing, and you know, they can provide those resources, and you could potentially be a part of that network that um can, can help people. So reactive with good intentions but reactionary things tend to have bad consequences you know especially when it comes to long term and so what i would advise people to do is if you are intending to provide resources or help don't advertise it on the fucking internet um you know because it so easily could put yourself whether or not you care about the risk to yourself but it's going to put the risk onto the people reaching out to you for that help. And um, I actually think it would be really great if you had um, Minister uh, Carl Casarda on your podcast to talk about um, online privacy, because um, he just did an interview with uh, Robert Evans uh, from, you know, Behind the Bastards, um phenomenal, phenomenal guy. And uh, they talked about uh, this. They, they, they essentially talked about you know, um, even when you've got burner phones, even when you've got these things, there is still a way to access data connecting either, you know, people to you or even yourself to yourself. Um, And so um, I think it would be really great if you had on to talk about, you know, one of the reasons why a lot of the networks that a lot of the networks that are currently in operation um, are good at what they do is because, you know, they're not they're not advertising shit on the internet that are smart. They know how digital footprints work and they understand how. Um, you know, uh, certain things can't be done or things have to be done in a certain way to not only protect yourself and continue and being able to continue the work that you do, but also protect the people needing your help. And so, um, yeah, uh, if if people want to have that information ahead of time before you can potentially have them on your show, you can just look up, um, it could happen here, I think is the podcast he was on with Robert Evans. And it's just called Casarda. They talk about, they talk specifically about This issue. And so, yeah, generally speaking, um, I think that if people want to help people now in the now, invest in in the networks that are able to do that, the ones that know what they're doing and the ones that can help. And there are probably ways in which if you reach out to those networks, you could find a way to be a part of that network and they'll give you all of that information and they'll give you all the tools so that you can be a part of that but just don't set shit up or don't ask you know tell people they can come camping with you um because one the people uh, unfortunately unfortunately the people who are um most interested in making us criminals or, or, um, uh, you know, people that don't no longer have any rights whatsoever. They're not as, they're not as dumb as we think they are, even though we think they're fucking stupid, but, um, they're, they're not that dumb. And so I bet you anything, they're already looking for keywords. They're already going through your data. If you are, if you are connected to social media in any way, shape or form, that data is being sold to somebody and it's, it's being sold. It's, um, it's being shared. And, um, when even, even if even all your well intentions, everything, you know, if it comes from a good place, that's fine. But, um, you are, you know, you're, you're already targeted and, and, uh, all of your activity is always going to be suspect. So depending on how the laws go in certain states, as far as how how far they're going to go to keep the people of that state from obtaining reproductive health care, you know, maybe maybe certain states will hand over that information, you know, um, or whatever the case may be. It's just it's, it's hard to it's hard to say. But we, we know it's coming because, you know, the, the lawmakers are already talking about it. So, yeah, it, you know, if you want to help now, um, you know, contribute, assist in the networks that are able to help now and find a way, I guess, to be a part of those networks. If you're really if you feel really strongly about wanting to like actually help, you know, outside of just don- donating money. Um, or, you know, if, if donating money uh, or, you know, um, or just being able to spread awareness about things is, is what you're able, capable of doing, then, um, you know, find out your local, um, the, the local funds that are in your area. Or if maybe, or if maybe there's a, a state hit particularly hard, like, let's say, Texas. Um, you know, Texas does have existing funds and networks that are working really hard to protect those people. So if you live in a state, let's say that's, um, you know, not going to be terribly affected, you know, maybe like New York or California or, or you know, those states, um, you know, maybe donate to a fund in like the most hard impacted um, state, you know, those funds, those networks, um, you know, that that would be a really great way. And then if you if you know people make sure that you can, you um, you know, provide that information. If they're looking, um, do it through VPNs, protect your data. Um, you know, again, would be really great if you had Carl on, he could go over all the specifics, you know, really detailed, but you know, um, yeah, protect your data first and foremost, invest in VPNs, invest in encrypted messaging, like, you know, uh, you know, there's certain apps where you can do that. So invest in those things and, um, you know, and then start and then and then start doing that. Um, you know, if if marching is your method, then I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of those um in perpetuity. Uh but um yeah, uh but again, don't tell the internet what you're doing. Like that, I think that I think that's the number 1 rule of <laughs> effective ways to continue being able to resist and be able to continue providing, um, a support for those who are big, most impacted rule. Number one, don't fucking tell everybody or give the tools to the state that is going to use those, use that evidence against you. Do not give them, do not give them the, the, um, the information to use against you for that. Don't post um, it on your Twitter. Don't post it on your Facebook. You know, the internet does not need to know what you're doing and the internet does not need to validate you and what you're doing. You know, validate validate yourself and your own ethics and your own morals by just doing the work and doing it in a in a way that isn't going to put other people in harm's way.
1: I'm looking at some of these memes. One person on TikTok said, camping is legal in Florida. If you need a place to recover or support while camping, I'm here to help. And then someone, if you live in Texas, someone else, uh, if you live in Texas and need a ride to go camping, I got this truck I paid too much for, and I think you'd look great in the passenger seat, hmm. another TikTok user said. So a, a, a quote from this article, though, this is on The Guardian. Uh, it isn't a code word if you tell everyone what yeah. the code word means, <laughs> yeah. which is what this is. And, and you know, I get it. I get the need. I get the impulse. I do, too. I really do. I get the impulse to do a lot of our activism online because that's where so many of us live. The problem Mm -hmm. is that if we want to affect change, it has to be beyond just the Internet. It it has to it has to be in meat space. We have to touch grass and we have to do that activism in meat space Mm -hmm. and be more careful about how we communicate online.
0: Yeah, the, the foundations for any any effective organization, uh, grassroots, whatever, are the people you don't hear about. Um, and so it's it's the work you don't see. And I think that is kind of the thing that people need to remember is that. The work that is not seen or praised or um, subject to uh, catchy, uh, catchy headlines and um, applaud from the general internet—that's that's the stuff that is never seen. It's the nitty gritty. It's the it's the boring. It's the it's the uh, taxing. I mean, it's 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 really it's the the unappreciated work that is probably some of the most frustrating work to do but it's the stuff that gets the most done. And, um, you know, and it's, um, yeah, so when it when it comes to what you can do, um, what you can do is, you know, be smart, and do do it smart, do it effectively, and make sure that you are not doing things that are putting those people seeking you out at risk because then you're not only taking yourself out and you know what one of the other things too is you know effective allyship or effective um support is the ability to continue doing it is the ability to be a place of stability of of support and and being able to continue doing that and you're in your um in and that also helps in numbers and you're not doing yourself any favors you're not doing your activism any favors you're not doing the people in need of your help any favors by you know maybe doing it the one time getting caught and getting taken out and then therefore that's one less that's one less um you know resource that's one less source of support that's one less person to help make the work happen and so you know it might feel good you know um in the in the short term but in the long term you fucked your cause
1: you know, there's a, there's another angle to that as well. And so I not having a uterus, I'm I'm a bit I am I am gay, so I am a bit downstream from this. From from uh Now they're coming for you too, they, though. They are coming for me. They they're are they are they're coming for all of us.
0: Yeah, they're coming for all of
1: us. Right okay. now I'm I am a bit downstream from it. And I the thing that Continually comes to my mind and I do have an article uh, coming out about this that it it will have come out by the time this this uh, podcast airs. Mm -hmm. But I've been thinking a lot about a quote from the great Trappist monk Thomas Merton, who is kind of a a contemplative mystic. And what he says is, if you yourself have peace, then at least there is peace somewhere in the world. And Mm -hmm. so for people who have the ability to have that peace who are not pressed up against this issue in really horrifying ways for those of us who can keep who can keep a solid foundation and be at peace, then we ke- we can provide that stability and peace to others because us making others do emotional labor by consoling us by console. Mm-hmm. And by us, I mean people who don't have uteruses. <laughs> this is mostly to, this is mostly to, to people who don't have childbearing potential, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are of no use if we are just collapsing on our fainting couches. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's like, yes, it's scary. It's, it's hard, but the best thing we can do is to maintain, to, to maintain a, a sense of uh, well-being and consistency and presence so that the people who are really, really suffering as a result of this can actually, gain some some peace from our presence and instead of having to console us instead because we're collapsing on our fainting couches so that's that's the thing that i have been returning to so there's i think there's that angle to it as well it's like don't jeopardize your ability to serve others by telling the internet what you're doing but also don't jeopardize your ability to serve others by by swooning onto your fainting couch and i by this in this regard i'm speaking specifically to people like myself who aren't immediately impacted by this it's still scary but we are not the immediate targets and it is our job to maintain a a, a bit of well-being and peace and not fall down a a you know toxic doom scrolly rabbit hole because then that disables us from being able to to that that disables us from um from offering any kind of presence or solidarity to others
0: yeah sure and it's just um yeah one less one less i was gonna say it a certain way and then i realized i didn't want to say it that way Um, (laughs) you you could
1: say you could say it that way
0: (laughs) i mean i guess it's it's it you know it's it's one less soldier to fight the fight
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean that I think that's accurate. I think that's true. And and I mean here's the thing. I I'm also realizing that the way that all of that just came out can sound very like you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, get over it, deal with it. Uh that's not that's not what I mean. You know, we can f- we can feel fear, we can feel yeah. we can feel uncertainty, but we're in this for the long haul. And mm-hmm. we need to we need to be able to maintain consistency and well-being and peace. Those of us who are able to, and we do that for so that you know, for the others who who can't, for, you know, who, for the others who who are, um, you know, like that little ten-year-old girl who was raped, or like anyone yeah. of childbearing potential in any of these states.
0: Yeah, it's it's basically looking at it from a point of view of having a short term and a long term. Absolutely. Um, And I think you can have both. Um, And, uh, you know, having having a plan for both and making sure that your short term doesn't impact your long term. When it comes to me basically criticizing people for posting about camping on the internet, I think that that's kind of why why I think it's so detrimental and why I would really discourage people from doing that, even though it's it's you know, it makes us feel good in the moment. And, you know, it's, it's a fun meme. Like I I remember seeing it for the first time, like on TikTok, and I was like, Oh, that's clever. I like that. But you know, it it was one of those things where then after the momentary, just like, Oh, that's cute. That's, you know, all right. Um, it, it, it then became very clear that, you know, it's like the, the, the reason why these things are not effective. And I think the reason why social media makes it so much harder for people to, um, effectively do things for those who are being um uh assaulted by by theocracy is that they keep posting it on the goddamn internet you know they're they're making there's no more code words anymore they're just saying this is what i'm doing you know i mean these are the you know these are the kind of things where it's like do you think that you know back you know, uh, back before Roe, I mean, uh, there's this great documentary on HBO called The James, and it talks about the basically the underground network of um, women that were helping um, others uh, be able to obtain abortions because it was very illegal, but they were able to um, create uh, and establish a network where people um could find that service and you know get it from people that kind of knew what they were doing um some of them not so much but um you know essentially that service was made available and it went under the radar for a very long time hmm. and hmm. Um, they did eventually get caught um in the people who were caught and arrested and had charges laid against them uh eventually those charges dropped because roe v wade then got um then became uh, you know got ruled on so you know eventually they were Let go, and you know, let bygones be bygones. But um, you know, one of the reasons that they did not get caught for the longest time is because they weren't on social media posting about what they were doing, and they weren't making themselves easy targets. You know, by by doing stuff like that. So again, so if you think about it, if you put yourself in that situation, so you know, that thing that happened. Think about all of the people that they helped that they wouldn't have been able to help because they decided to advertise to the world. This is what they were doing, and um, you know you're you're taking yourself out of the fight. Your your short-term feel good. I'm here for you, you know, come camping with me, you know, here's where I live, you know, I am a resource to you, please reach out to me, blah, blah, blah. That thing that feels so good in the short term, and you know, makes it seem like there's a little bit of light. um, It, it does nothing for your long term, it it, it doesn't help those people. And it doesn't help you be a source for the people that are going to happen along the way. Because the thing is, is that this is, This is no longer uh, this is no longer a hypothetical. This is our reality. And the reality of this is that this is going to take a very long time to try to to get back to where we were. And we may never get back to where we were. I mean, who, who the fuck knows? I mean, it's it's hard to say. But but what what we do know to be true is that the impact of this ruling and the impact of the laws that are being put into place to make this reality even worse it is going to take a very long time for us to fight against it and hopefully, um, in uh, overturn it. So again, why, if, if you really want to, if you really want to help affect change, if you really want to help people, why take yourself out of the fight in the very beginning, you know? So again, that's why, you know, Be, be vocal about your support and be vocal about where you stand, you know, do that all day long, but when it comes to assisting people, when it comes to being an actual resource of those who are in need, that's when you, that's when you go dark and that's when you, Either smartly establish a network, or you become a part of a network that currently exists that already knows what it's doing and it can help you be that. Um, and you know, you donate your money. Um, you know, get involved with a network. Create your own network in a very smart way. You know, let let people who've been doing this for a while let you know how it's done and how how it's done effectively, and do it under the radar, be in the dark, protect yourself. And by protecting yourself, you are protecting the many, many people who are going to come along the way that are going to need that help. You know, you just, it's, it's be smart about it. Think about it in the terms of the long run.
1: I feel like the internet has in our lives on the internet has really put I, I so like how you framed that, the short term and the long term. And it feels like our lives on the internet has really put those two things in odds with each other. And yeah. one of the things that I think it's really helpful to be reminded of is very often what feels great in the short term works mm-hmm. against us in the long term. Yeah, and to And that isn't a hard and fast rule. I mean, that isn't true all of the time but
0: I mean you can have two things you can have two things at once I mean you absolutely yeah you can have you can have a short term and a long term and yeah you can have both but it's it's how you go about the short term that you know that has that impact on that long term yeah
1: absolutely yeah and you know there's so much activism that I see and and not just in this space but in other spaces that I'm really connected to like LGBT activism yeah. um or activism for uh, the separation of church and state or whatever that I see online in particular and I'm just like do we want to feel good or do mm-hmm. we want to win because yeah, those win for, can be right those are two different goals those are yeah. actually two different things feel yeah. f- feel goods <laughs> mm-hmm. good feels and winning are those actually require very often not always but very often a completely different decision tree. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: and, yeah.
1: At least in my experience.
0: Well, in, in my experience and in, in what I've what I've seen, um, you know, I I have I have the the amazing fortune of having a partner who's a historian and I'm constantly, you know, picking at his brain about these things because um, you Is know, I tax feel tax? like there's a Yes. Yes. He's been on the Um, show.
1: Everyone go listen to the, uh, psychopathy and compassion episode. Dex is incredible. He is our colleague and he is wonderful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the love of my life. But, um, you know, but he also is a historian by trade and a lot of the, a lot of conversations we've been having, uh, you know, well before this, but also a lot because of this is, you know, what have, you know, what are the, what are the common threads? What are the things that it's always been the downfall of those who have been trying to do the right thing and they just never could accomplish. You know, I, I ask a lot of questions. I'm like, how the fuck did Hitler get where he was? You, you know, things like that. Like, how did these terrible things happen? And we know there was resistance. Why? You know, why were those not effective? And, um, you know, something that he um, says, says to me quite often is, you know, win first, then be right. And and the logic behind that is when you have when you have these, when you're looking at the nightmare hellscape that we live in right now, this was a, this was a collaborative effort that took decades, right? It took decades to get to where we are now. And the people responsible for it spent decades working with enemies, compromising um going against their own morals and values doing all of these things because they because they had this one clear goal they had this one it it, it it was the the ultimate prize they had this ultimate prize that they were trying to obtain and in the in the course of that there was there was all of the yeah you know, there, there was a lot that you know those groups you know had to had to do to get to that point And we've seen that that has become that that's effective. That's how that's how people fuck everything up for everybody else. But so then you have the other side that has been so concerned about, you know, constantly being, you know, the moral superiority, even though, you know, I think that you know, even though it is right, even it is the, you know, the moral superiority, the problem is, is that, you know, there's so much infighting and there's, there's so much concerted effort to find the, find the evil within. And a lot of times doesn't even exist, but finding the evil within that there's, you know, it, it just, it then becomes, you're fighting yourself instead of, instead of the enemy who is effectively, you know, working towards oppressing you that is really kind of at the heart of you know if we're if we're really determined to turn this around and if we are determined to fight to get our basic human rights back we need to stop trying to make enemies amongst ourselves what they need to stop doing is losing focus by getting distracted by all the infighting the small fights the petty things um, that happens within and trying to one up the other trying to basically one up your comrade and um, into how morally superior you are and and just put those things aside Um, even if, you know, like you, you don't have to agree on everything with the person you're fighting the fight with, but as long as you're fighting that fight and at the end of the day, you, you accomplish that you win the battle, that's all that matters. So, you know, it's, do everything you can do to win and then be right, you know,
1: People hate this so much. I and But yeah. everything you're saying is absolutely correct. Compromise yeah. is the only way. And correct compromise. I mean, you know, wise compromise. Yeah, correct ta- compromise. Taxual yeah, yeah, sure, compromise, yeah. right? Yeah. But people hear that and they say, you want me to compromise with the enemy? And I'm like, look, listen. No. Someone, an, an enemy, well, here's the thing. Someone who, is, you know, a... A leftist will say, What you want me to compromise with my enemy, and that and the enemy is like a liberal,
0: (laughs) yeah, 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 and
1: and that that's the kind of thing, or you know, and the enemy, you know, or someone's a communist and the enemy is a social democrat, we are always more concerned about the near enemy we are always more concerned about the near enemy and we and this is a long history in the left. I mean yeah, the left yeah. has is, always yeah. we yeah. we have always had these this problems. Is not new. Yeah. This is not new at all. You know, this goes back decades and decades and decades. But you know the right and I know we talked about this in our previous conversation. The right falls into fucking line when yeah. when they have this goal and you know the, the left, however, does not. And actually, I just read a fantastic article recently. I'll send it to you after this. You might find it interesting. Oh, yeah. In The Intercept uh, by Ryan Grimm. And he's talking about how major progressive nonprofits have basically been stalled over the past few years by massive, massive, massive infighting. And how... Yeah this is actually kind of a serious threat the sierra yeah. club the sierra club one of the premier you know one of one of the flagship climate change activist groups in the united states i mean they are they are really important have historically been really important for climate change activism they were immobilized over the past few years because of this internal division of purity tests and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth and the and guess what the end result is well then you know legislatures and the senate are in while we're all backstabbing each other they are going to burn down the fucking planet and so i'll send that article to you but it's a real problem and yeah yeah we we have Um, to get over it
0: Yeah. Well, and again, it's taking yourself out of the fight. So it's, um, you know, when you engage in basically these purity spirals, you know, again, you are so you, you are thinking so in short term, that the consequence of that is that you, that you lose your grounding, you lose your ability to do anything, you know, because you um, were so hyper-focused on feeling good in the short term about, you know, whether it's moral superiority or whatever the case may be, that you lost sight of what is the end goal and how do we achieve it? And um, yeah, you take yourself out of the fight and yeah, uh, this is not new. Like, Um, There are so many, you know, progressive um, communities, so many progressive um, organizations that have happened that they are no longer able to function and do good things and be able to be a part of the toolkit for us to fix this shit because, you know, they engaged in, in that kind of behavior. You know, they were so focused on you know finding the enemy within and and when we say enemy within we're not we're not talking about they they found the crypto fascist and they had to boot them out that's not what's happening they're you know they're, they're having these ideological um arguments that are so that are so non nonsensical they're not you know they're not they're not actually highlighting the the bad things of the per of the the quote-unquote enemy that they're trying to you know um reign over or or get kicked out um you know sometimes it's as petty as kind of like what you said like you know i'm a communist and and you're a and you're democratic socialist i mean those are those are the kind of things that we see tear these organizations apart i'm watching i
1: i've watched it tear online socialist communities apart. Yeah. And I mean it it's it's fucking wild. And so I guess to recap, I think the big theme of this conversation is don't take yourself out of the fight. And yeah. we're in this fight for the long haul. And and I think I've seen three themes along these lines or, or three primary lessons one is don't share everything on fucking twitter like yeah. like to protect your privacy and protect the privacy of people you're going to help by not yeah. telling everyone what your intentions are on twitter so have good boundaries with social media so that would be one mm-hmm. number two would be for for people who are able to take good care of yourself, do sufficient self-care so that if you have peace, then at least there is peace somewhere in the world. And then you can give that to others. And then third is resist purity spirals because yep. our goals are way bigger than, than this squabbling that, that we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're no longer talking about, we, we no longer live in this, 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 comforting delusion that, oh, that would never happen. We no longer live in that world. Um, the thing that was never supposed to happen, it, it has happened, that is our reality now. And there are real, I mean, even within a span of 24 hours of this happening, there were already bodies being piled up and it's only gonna continue, it's only gonna get worse and it's only gonna start, it, it, it's going to start affecting groups, like minority groups, um, and, and already people that are disenfranchised and, and those who are already considered to be the bottom of the rung of society. And those who already live with, um, you know, the, the consequences of a society that, that think they are lesser. And so it's only going to impact them more. And we are going to be seeing more real lives lost. So, because this is now, very real and it's only going to get worse let's stop pretending that we are fighting the enemy within and start fighting the real enemy and banding together for a single cause compromise compromise and and work with your allies whether or not you agree with them on everything else in this world, if you've got an ally who is willing to fight with you for this one thing, then you'll win. You will, I mean, you win by numbers if you're smart. If you um, if you, if you, you know, re kind of re-rework your the, the framework in your mind of this being a long-term battle, you know, long long-term, long-term war as, as opposed to like a short-term battle. And, um, you know, really, really focused that way, you know, we could, we could have such an impact by bringing so many different communities and people that share this particular want and will to, you know, not have our rights taken away from us. If, if we are able to band together, set our differences aside and fight for all of, us who are disenfranchised, and all of us who are going to be disenfranchised because of this, then, you know, the the numbers, the concentrated effort, the unified, um, uh, the unified resources and everything, all of that put together, that is going to impact change. And it's not going to look like just one thing, you know, it's not going to just be one thing, it's going to be a combination of so many different things that have to happen But we we have the ability to do it. And so, yeah, don't don't take yourself out of the game short term. Focus on the long term and focus on what's really important and be willing to make compromises and be willing to, you know, think of this in terms of of years as opposed to what can I do today and then feel good about it and then carry on with my life? You know? Um,
1: absolutely. I think what's going to
0: give me my, what's going to give me my serotonin for the, you know, on, 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 on online for 24 hours, you know, I don't know, but I I think you said it a lot better than I did. But anyway, that's,
1: and, and, you know, one of my, I think that's a fantastic note to end on and resist purity. One of my satanic, uh, one of my personal satanic tenets is resist purity and whenever i start to feel that that righteous pure indignation mm-hmm. because you know someone who believes 99% of the same things that i do but might have a slight disagreement or even 80 or 60% of the same thing as i do but you know i'm i'm willing to bludgeon that person to death on twitter because they are uh you know they're they, they are the near enemy I must resist that purity because resisting purity is how we win. I think that's an yeah. incredibly satanic principle yeah, for resist me personally. Purity.
0: Yeah. Resist purity and resist your oppressors.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, Shalise Blythe, it is always a pleasure and we are in this for the long haul.
0: Yes, we are. The the, the long, bloody, frustrating. We may or may not live through this long haul.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, as always, you you know, you're always welcome back. It's always great to hang out with you.
0: Thank you.
1: All right. Well, that is it for this show. The music, Jesus Christ, I always get this. I always fuck this up at the very end because I'm always so (laughs) tired. That is it for this show. The theme song is Wild by 117. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. The show is written, produced, and edited by me, Stephen Bradford Long, and it is supported by my personal lords and saviors at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long. As always, hail Satan, and thanks for listening.